friends, in a few moments, we will sing All is Calm. Thank you, Ellie and David and Brian and Evan, for setting a calm, peaceful, beautiful tone for our worship on this most sacred of nights. Friends, welcome to our climactic service on this Christmas Eve. It's good to be together. Welcome to those of you who are here. We know there are folks joining us online, as always. It's good to worship God together in this way. So friends, let us be in an attitude of worship. have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. Rejoice, a child has been born for us. Rejoice, God's Son is given to us. Rejoice, the light of Christ is here. The Old Testament reading is from Isaiah, the ninth chapter, beginning with the second verse. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nations. Thou hast increased its joy. They rejoice before thee with joy at the harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, thou hast broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David, and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Here ends the reading.
I invite you to turn your worship bulletin to the opening prayer printed there. Let us pray together. O God, our Father, you have brought us again to the glad season when we celebrate the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Grant that his spirit may be born anew in our hearts this night and that we may joyfully welcome him to reign over us. Open our ears that we may hear again the angelic chorus of old. Open our lips that we too may sing with uplifted hearts. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards all. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Please stand as you're able for our gospel reading. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke, reading from the second chapter, the first verse. 
In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be enrolled, each to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and of the lineage of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to be delivered. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in that region there were shepherds out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying which had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. children, the children who grew up in our church and have made such beautiful music for us tonight. I love that earlier in the day we did our little montage and the children played the parts of even the grown-ups in the Bible story. I love that our artwork, this whole season of Advent, has been by children. It's fitting this is the season for children. By that I don't mean they're the ones that get really excited about the gifts. I mean, the whole Christmas story is that God, God wanted to show us God's heart. God wanted us to love God. So God didn't come as a mighty man to intimidate. Instead, God came as a child. 
around a child, you, you have to be tender, you love. A child can evoke joy. The advantage and the disadvantage that a child has is that children on the whole have been sheltered from the emotions that are to come later. Children have so far, for the most part, been sheltered from grief and disappointment and losses, divisions, uh, feeling relieved, uh, all those things, having a lot of memory, more memory than hope even sometimes. Children have been sheltered from that. You can't shelter children entirely though. It's, uh, stuff gets out, they're aware of things. So when I was 10 years old, uh, in addition to the Beatles and the Stones, I drug uh, these uh, two guys that sang together, Paul Simon, Art Garfunkel. I loved their music. And it was around Christmas time, they had a new hit that was out, and they were singing Silent Night, and they had those beautiful voices and harmony, and I thought, this is just splendid. But then, as you listen to Silent Night, that there was some racket in the recording. I thought, what's going on? Something wrong with my radio. But it turned out they laid over them singing beautifully Silent Night, the 7 o'clock news, and the Vietnam War was raging, and there was hunger and famine in Asia, and the news was drowning out. The story, the beautiful wonder of Silent Night. Similar thing happened to me uh, earlier today. I, one of the great gifts in my work is uh, because of what we do around the world. I made friends all around the world and on a day like Christmas Eve, they reach out to me and I've had Christmas wishes from gosh, Jews and Israel, people all over the place. I heard today from a woman, she's just one of my heroes who lives in Lithuania. Uh, a number of years back, uh, without asking your permission, I gave her a good bit of your money. And you should thank me for this. What Oregon was doing in Lithuania is she was fielding Ukrainian refugees, and a large number of them children, children who had been orphaned already in the war. She said, can you support our work? I said, my people would want me to do that, yes. So today, she sent me a video that they had produced. This is so interesting, of children singing Christmas songs, but they're standing in the ruins of buildings that had been bombed out in the war in Ukraine. So they're standing in such buildings, and they're singing, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. They're singing, I'll Be Home for Christmas. You see the uh, dissonance there. There's always this kind of dissonance during this season. I saw a little boy earlier today. He didn't seem as uh, giddy and fun and silly like so many other children that I've had fun with today. And I bent down to him and I said, hey, how you doing? And he almost had a tear in his eye and he said, my parents are telling me they don't want to live together any longer. The news for a child shattering Christmas. And then, of course, there's Gaza. You know, I don't know who's too young to know about Gaza. Uh, it's probably dawn there about now, another day. What's another day look like in Gaza? I have friends there who've attended the funerals of good friends of theirs who were killed in the initial Hamas horrible, unspeakably evil attacks. And you have that. I mean, in that initial attack, 1,200 Israelis were brutally 
killed, mistreated, terrible. And I love that they count the children. We should always count the children. 36 children were killed. And you ask me, how many children is too many children? And the answer would be one. Of course, the reprisals since then have been just something, right? I'm going to teach a class on this on January 3rd. I hope you'll come. We'll say more about God, Gaza, the Bible. The, in the uh, return from Israel, 20,000 Gazans have been killed, including now, they say, 8,000 children who have died there. I have a friend named Kate Murphy who's a pastor. She wrote this. How can we sing lullabies celebrating the birth of a Jewish-Palestinian child while bombs fall on the rubble of Gaza? How can we sing about the quiet calm of the little town of Bethlehem while soldiers carry out raids in that very town today? How can we dare sing of a silent night knowing that no child in Gaza can possibly sleep in heavenly peace? How do we do this? How can we do such a thing? And all I can say to you, my friends, is that when we sing our carols tonight about a silent night and joy and hope, it is a work of defiance on our part. We are saying evil will not have the last word. We will rise up against it. When you raise your candles at the end of the service, you'll be tempted to think, oh, that's just so pretty. It's not that it's pretty. It is a note of defiance. We are saying, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And we hang our hopes upon God in a world that just seems so very lost and tawdry and confused. I mean, God, what, what did God do? God did not overpower the powers. Instead, God came as a child. And at such a time, it's always a bad time, isn't it? Madeline Lingle wrote about the birth of Jesus, this poem. That was no time for a child to be born, with the earth betrayed by war and hate, and a land in the crushing grip of Rome. Honor and truth were trampled by scorn, yet here did the Savior make his home. When is the time for love to be born? The inn is full on planet Earth, yet love still takes the risk of birth. Friends, when you come into this world, you're taking a big risk. <laughs> it's just risky to live down here, isn't it? And if while you're down here you choose to love, that's a huge risk indeed. Because when you love, you know how it goes. You get your heart broken. Yet love's our only hope. Love's the only thing worth hoping for. Dr. Yun Kim preached earlier today, and he talked about the number of us, and it's many, who are having our first Christmas. It's my first Christmas without my spouse. It's my first Christmas without my mother. It's my first Christmas without my child. It's my first Christmas without a job. It's my first Christmas without fill in the blank, although I should add, sometimes it may be the 19th Christmas without my spouse, and the ache is still raw. In such a place, God comes, and we look for signs of love. There's always a flash of recognition when the love happens. 
It's like God peeking into our universe when it happens. <laughs> I think about during World War I, uh, what a terrible war. They lined up across no man's land and just shelled each other and just the death toll on both sides with no one making any gains at all. Just absolutely horrific. Christmas comes and uh, you know, across no man's land, uh, instead of hurling a bomb, somebody, somebody uh, sent, sent a cake over. And then the response was a bottle of rum came back. They started sending various gifts like this. After a while, they peeked their heads out of the trenches and decided they weren't going to get shot at. And they met out there in the middle of no man's land and they sang Silent Night in English and in German. The generals got very upset. They said that such behavior destroys spirit in the ranks. Yeah. That's what love does when it raises his head. You wonder in Gaza if somebody could start uh, hurling you know, a dreidel or some collar bread or some hummus across to begin to make some peace. Um, when the uh, war in Ukraine broke out, a virtue to being a United Methodist was reconnected all over the world, so I could immediately phone the bishop there, and he connected us with the church at the border. And we supported them. They began immediately fielding hundreds and hundreds of Ukrainian refugees. I think it was on the second night a busload of Ukrainians arrived at the Methodist Church in Peshemish. And a woman got off who was very pregnant, maybe as pregnant as when Mary showed up in Bethlehem. And she walked into our Methodist Church and had a baby. And you could say, that was no time for a child to be born. But what a time for a child to be born, love taking the risk of birth. Speaking of first Christmases, Lisa and I are having a first Christmas without her dad. Uh, we're grieving that. He's been gone two months, uh, but we normally, of course, would see, we would talk to him today and would see him tomorrow. And uh, you know how this works, uh, by the way. Uh, the fact that you hurt and ache is a sign of a wonderful thing. It's a sign that there was so much love. There was such a beautiful relationship. What a lucky dog I am to have known and loved such a man for so long. And that is why we hurt. God wired things that way. The joy is always hidden in the loss and in the pain. And then I think of this uh, when we come to Holy Communion, and I think about Christmas. When I was a little boy, we'd always go to my grandparents' house, and it was great. It was festive. We just had the greatest time. And I hated the idea that we ever had to go back home. I remember one time we were there, and I was, my dad was packing the car. I was in denial. I wasn't helping him. I wasn't paying any attention. I wasn't looking at him. I had my back to him. I was hanging out under the tree, hoping that we did not really have to go home. I'll never forget this. I still have a little PTSD from it. My dad taps me on the shoulder, and he says, um, Son, we have to go. Christmas is over. I mean, you could have stabbed me with a sword and it would not have hurt as much as the notion that Christmas is over. We got in the car, and I know what happened because it happened every time we left my grandparents' house in Oakboro. We'd get in the car, we'd back out, my dad would start driving down 3rd Street, and then Papa Howell, as if he forgot something, he'd come running out to the car saying, wait, 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 and my sister and I would roll the window down, 
and he would catch up to the car and he would put his hand in and we would hold out our hands and he would drop into he would drop into my hands a 50 cent piece he wasn't giving me money I never spent those I have them now what he was giving me was a part of himself so that when Christmas was over and I was back home and even after he was gone I would still have a piece of him in my hands you see how that works and the whole point of Christmas is that God gives us in Jesus a piece of himself so that we will be able to have and hold him God gives us a piece of God's self in this music, in the, in the flowers, and the beauty of this place, and the candles that we will raise in each other's faces. God gives us a piece of himself. I, I don't know, I, it's an interesting collection of people that I've seen today, thousands have come through, and some of you I know well, you're here every Sunday, and some of you, yeah, I saw you last Christmas, and I'll expect I'll see you next Christmas, and I'm glad to see you every Christmas, of course, and others of you don't know at all, and I don't know why you're here. I bet that a few of you are here because you don't really believe in God or care anything about the church, but somebody said, for you to get dinner tonight, you got to come to church, and so you, you came. I, I said that at 8 o'clock, and one guy went. I could just see him. Like, <laughs> been bearing that so I don't know I don't know where you are with all that but here's here's what I believe is that God has put a piece of God in every one of you whatever you think whatever you believe wherever you've come from and one of the things that happens is you see candlelight in the dark you see the little lights in people's yards you hear an old Christmas carol and you might think I'm not sure I believe in God but I love that carol I know it by heart it just speaks to me and we raise the candles at the end and you find yourself fighting back a tear or a laugh you don't even know what it is I think that's some dim recollection that God puts in each one of us that yes there's there might just be a God there might be a God that is reaching out to me to all of us even to this broken world even now friends ours is uh it's always an aspiration it's a prayer it's a hope it's faith hanging on to the bit of love that peeks through hoping for more love's the only hope in the world anyhow and so and so what we do uh, you know earlier in the day we sang um, one of my favorite carols away in a manger you probably know it of course by heart and we made a mistake, I think. We only sang two of the stanzas. It's the third stanza that's uh, really my favorite. It's uh, my prayer always during the season. I try to remember to pray it the rest of the year as well. If I were in better voice, I'd sing it for you. But let me just say the words and see if together we can make this our prayer. We say to God, be near me, Lord Jesus. I ask you to stay close by me forever and love me I pray bless all the dear children in thy tender care and fit us for heaven to live with thee there this is why we're here this is our hope this is our life this is our love thanks be to God
Friends, what a great privilege tonight to come to our Lord's table. At Christmas, we talk about the Word becoming flesh. And that Word became flesh and gave, gave himself so lovingly for all of us. Such a beautiful thing. So we will invite you to come. We're a United Methodist Church, and the United Methodist Church, all are welcome. We don't care who you are, where you've been, what you've done, doesn't matter. Jesus wants everybody to come to his table, and so we will invite you to come. We'll engage in the prayers of consecration. We'll sing the responses. The choir will lead us in doing so. You can find them on page 17 at the front of your hymnal if you need that, but the choir makes it easy to follow along. And after that, and the leaders receive, we'll invite you to come forward in two lines. Uh, you'll come up, somebody will hand you a piece of bread, you dip it into a cup, return to your seat by way of the outside aisle. You can receive kneeling if you would like. Uh, you can, uh, we have gluten-free and COVID-friendly packets because all are welcome. So, of course, that is as it shall be. So, friends, let us come tonight with great joy and great anticipation and hope in our God who is our only hope. So let us stand now, friends, for the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father, almighty creator of heaven and earth. You created light out of the darkness and brought forth life on the earth. In the fullness of time, you gave your only son, Jesus Christ, to be our savior. And at his birth, the angels sang glory to you in the highest and peace to your people on earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, as Mary and Joseph went from Galilee to Bethlehem and there found no room. So Jesus went from Galilee to Jerusalem and was despised and rejected. As in the poverty of a stable, Jesus was born. So by the baptism of suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. As your word became flesh, born of woman on that night long ago, so on the night in which he gave himself up for us, the Lord Jesus took bread. And after giving you thanks, he broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving 
as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we might be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory are yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray as our Lord taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come.
And friends, let us join together now in the prayer after communion, which you will find printed in your bulletin. Let us pray together. O God of love, you have brought us together and blessed us with the gift of your Son. Open our eyes to the light of Christ, which glows in the darkness of a world engulfed in apathy, pain, and loss. In your presence, the shadows are erased, our tears are dried, and our brokenness is healed by your love. Speak to us now that we may hear the good news of your salvation. Grant peace to your children all over the world this night, and let us sing now with the angels, Christ the Savior is born.
always brag that I have uh, the best job, and part of the reason is I get to do this now. I get to see you in this unfathomably beautiful moment. You know, it takes my breath away every year. Uh, I have somehow had the good fortune, uh, this is my 21st Christmas with you. I'm a lucky dog. Thank you for having me for so long. It means so much to me. It's the great gift of my life. Uh, I'd like to say on behalf of uh, my wife, uh, Lisa, uh, that was her up here serving communion with me tonight, uh, that we love you very much, more than you can imagine. And we wish you a very Merry Christmas. Amen.